Hey everybody, my name is Alex, you're listening to Lunchbox Radio, and if um, you haven't listened to the last podcast on Otaku Are Everywhere Now, definitely go listen to that, that was the last Sunday edition, if you, especially if you haven't listened to my last podcast on Gundam Hathaway, which is the one just before that, it's the normal third day episode, in the same feed as this show and the Sunday show, um, definitely go check that out. But this, this time, I am going, going back to the roots of something I used to do a lot in the before time. If you're listening to this, you're like, Alex, you charismatic genius, what is the before time? First off, I'm so happy we made it to 20, whenever it is. Second off. There was a pandemic that happened for a year and a half there, and, like, nobody went to the fucking movie. Actually, that's not true. People went to the movies, but they were stupid, and I didn't go to the movies because the air could kill you for a while there. <laughs> and I was like, hey, I like anime movies, but not enough to die for them. Like, but it's, it's, it's like, as soon as there's even an inkling, like an inkling a chance that I won't die put me back in that motherfucking theater. Now granted, the first movie I went to go see was um, Fast and Furious 9, because you know it's about family. But the second movie I went to go see was a little film that if you know anything about me, you're like, oh, he's definitely going to go see this fucking thing and see it. That is 100,000% his brand. Um, called Josie and the Tigerfish. Now, for those of you who aren't aware... I'm recording this in July of 2021. Um, and I know I just dated... I dated this whole thing with the opening, so I really don't care. But I'm recording this in July of 2021, and if you aren't aware, most, most of the fucking universe is aware that June is Pride Month. is Gay Pride Month. Lots of people aren't aware, including me, until literally this year. Um, I follow a um, amputee Playboy model who is fucking out there doing it, and that's awesome. But July, it turns out, it's Disability Pride Month. And once again, if you know anything about me, you're like, oh, okay, that track's awesome good for you. If you if this is your first time listening to the show, or you haven't seen me in live and in person at an anime convention, I am a childhood cancer survivor. I survived two rounds in the ring with brain cancer, which tend to leave you a little bit different than any, everybody else, which means I wear a leg brace and a... I used to wear an arm brace, but apathy and teenage anger made me give up on that. And also, don't, like, don't underestimate the amount of people who will stare at you, um, ever, for anything, but mostly for being a fully, a fully overly, like, a deeply, highly functioning disabled person just out there in the world. Um, so I have a bad arm that I do not use for, oh, just about almost anything, I have a leg brace that I require to walk without potentially spraining my ankle every five feet. And that means I go through the world as a truly and honestly disabled person, but because I was raised in the way that I was raised and because I have been disabled for essentially my entire life, like, the, 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 the parts of my life at which I was a fully able-bodied person, just like most of the people listening to this, were deeply insignificant. Like, I, 
I got the amount of able-bodiedness that I still get to be able-bodied in my dreams. That's literally it. And, like, I don't mean to be sad or depressing or anything. That's just how it is for me. But the reason why I want to talk about Josie and the, Josie and the Tigerfish is because... In this same vein, and I, I, you can listen to my, um, and this movie's gonna come out, come, gonna come up in this, in this, in my thoughts about Josie and the Tigerfish a lot, but in the same vein that a silent voice is a, a movie made about and for people with disabilities, Josie and the Tigerfish is also that same thing. But it's different. So one of the, one of the things that people don't understand about disability until they are disabled. I'm not talking about like disabled, like you broke your arm or you broke your leg or you're on crutches. I'm talking about quasi permanent to permanent disability. Like, you do not walk anymore. You cannot see anymore. Something like that. It's that there's a kind of... A whole different universe there. It's a, a weird thing that I have become a source for. If I have become a source for, how the fuck do I do this, Alec? I broke my arm skiing. And I tell people, like, look, you just broke your arm. I know it's super traumatic, but you're gonna have some questions. Feel free to feel free to call at any point. I will just give you the answer. Like, do not feel pride. Do not feel like upset or that you your pride your pride will not help you when you're like, how the fuck do I tie my own shoelaces with one hand? Or, and this is a re- the most common question for guys or for girls. How, how do I put... How do you put deodorant on? With one hand. How do you put deodorant on? Specifically on the armpit in which the good hand it now is. With... And I think I brought this up before on the podcast. With one hand. With that same good hand. How does, how does that go? And... Usually the way it goes is people are like, No, I'm fine. And like a couple weeks later, they're like... Yeah, actually, how do I put deodorant on? This is a real thing that happened to me at some point. Somebody was like, yeah, actually, I do have a question. Deodorant. I'm like, go get the deodorant. The guy brings it back to me. I, like, did it. I, like, showed him the motion. And he looked at me like... I... I don't... I don't know how... You're an actual genius. (laughs) It's like that was that was his process of like holy shit, go figure. Alex has a whole set of like world skills that I'm just not good enough to know. And a silent voice is about understanding that you cause someone pain for something they cannot control. And that people who, and this doesn't just apply to people with disabilities, but it applies absolutely to people with disabilities. People with disabilities are so different. We are so, we are different in a way that to other people seems otherworldly. I have watched people watch me do just like everyday tasks like cook or like just about anything with one hand and they it, the awe that is uncontrollably on their face it's like it's because they could have never conceived of me being capable not not just capable of it but me being good enough at it where it, I don't need people's help but there's also there's things like so I'll use an example from right after I got out of the movie because I was in New York and because I hadn't 
done a New York movie, a New a New York trip specifically to see an anime movie in like two goddamn years. I kind of did what I usually default to when I went to McDonald's, which, you know, I had to eat those weird chicken nuggets that taste like wolf meat, and I'm going to make better choices next time. But the thing that is, is that the, like, dining out, especially in fast food restaurants, has changed. And I went up to a kiosk to like a self-order kiosk in um, McDonald's in the city and the last part of the kiosk I just couldn't figure out and there was no one around to help me and no one was paying attention in a way where like I could reach out and ask this the thing about being disabled in the world especially in a world that has been made largely self-served is that people are just doing their jobs and they're not paying attention to you not because they don't see you, but because they don't... And this is not, for, this is not about disabled person. This is about just people in general. People in, like, the service industry aren't, are, aren't deliberately not perceiving you. They are just going about their jobs and they have a job to do and that's why they're there and they're making a paycheck. But for... Specifically disabled people, there's a whole nother layer there. People don't want to see you. They don't want to acknowledge that elephant in the room. Um, the, the best way I can... And very many people who have been disabled since childhood grow up, al- grow up in, alone in a way that is not like they're just an only child. That it's like they are alone in seas of people. They are constantly by themselves. Relationships mean so much more to them and like their friendships look more like romances and their romances look more like bonds for life. And that's true of me. That's true of a lot of different people. That's also true uh, to a certain extent of Josie in this movie and it's true of um, Kyoko from A Silent Voice. I think her name's Kyoko. But the reason for that is because when people when people see a disabled person, what they are seeing is not just a disabled person they're seeing the reality that, that horrible things can happen to people. What happened to me is not something that you would wish on your worst enemy. I had a child, I had childhood brain cancer fucking twice. I had so many brain surgeries that like, oops, he woke up blind this time. Or oops, he's dead on the table? I'm like, I can say that like oopsies in fun ways, but it doesn't change the fact that like, my my person has been through some horrifying shit. And there's... And for other people to acknowledge you is to acknowledge that reality and have to interface with it. And that is... That is lots of times horrifying. And it's horrifying for the simple reason of that person that they're talking to, that person who is disabled, based on how they came to be disabled and how, like, what kind of, like, level of treatment they're in, could just vanish from existence at any point. At any point. A great, um, a great comic book that said, a, a, great, a great manga that says the quiet part loud about this is a manga called Translucent. I had the first I think two or three volumes. I think the four total. Um, and Translucent is about a girl who has a condition that in Translucent's world means that basically on the cycle of her period, she turns invisible. 
and she turns gradually more invisible until she's like full on on her period and then she just like the invisible woman but like no CGI effect just you see nothing all you do is hear and maybe smell her but also she's a teenage girl so she takes care of that but the reality for most disabled people is that we go through the world largely intentionally on behalf of the world, not on behalf of us, unperceived. Because of that reality. Because when an adult, when like a fellow, when like another adult sees me, and I'm using the word adult for a reason here, they have to, like, the first thing they do, every goddamn time, lots of times, is like, why? Why is his arm like that? Like, why is he wearing a leg brace? What happened here? And some of my best relationships are with people who just didn't fucking ask. And not like didn't ask in a way like they thought they were being rude. Just didn't ask. Because their perception didn't see my bad, my literal bad side. It just saw the person. I was like, that's an interesting fucking person. Like, yeah, his arm's like that. But that's not even... Why his... Why does he have pointy Oni ears? Like, what? How? <laughs> and I've said this to multiple people who have been people not asked. I'm like, you know, you never asked. And those people, like, it never, like, I thought about it, sure, but I never, like, it never seemed, A, it never seemed relevant, or, like, it didn't seem appropriate, or whatever. And it just, Those questions force people with disabilities to have to hold you by the hand and, like, take you along the journey that got us here. And that necessarily sucks. Like, it's necessary. I get it. But it's nice when we don't have to do it. And Josie and so now I'm finally going to get to the movie I'm talking about. Josie and the and the tiger fish is about uh, is about Josie, um, whose real name I think is Kumiko, and I forget um, he's got a he's got an odd Japanese name, but the main character um, it's about that main character for a moment, basically being forced by. The force of gravity, literally. The force of downhill momentum, really. To acknowledge a disabled person. To acknowledge, not only a disabled person, but to acknowledge Josie. And literally crashing into her life. And in that moment, they introduce one of the first things. Of, like, uh, of people's lack of perception of disabled people and the problems it can cause. Josie was basically pushed. And at first when I watched the movie, I thought it was the, like, old trope, which is a, a problem of, you know, kids picking on downward... on, um, on like, people who are lesser than them in Japan. I mean, you, you've seen it in um, Tokyo Godfather, if you saw, watched Tokyo Godfather... Um, there's a bunch of anime that just depict kids, like teenage kids, just kicking the shit out of homeless people. And that, that's apparently still a problem, which is so fucked. But that also means they probably do it to anybody who's disadvantaged. Which means disabled people, old people, um, other kids who are in the school, kind of thing. Um, but... The that that introduces that little moment, and that's how the movie starts. And then Josie and the main character, who she literally calls caretaker for the entire movie, for the entire movie except for one very important part, um, it's just like just kind of 
not ready for him. She's kind of not ready for a new person other than her grandma. But also wants the amount of the world she has access to to continue. And her grandma is just like, nope, not taking you out again for a while. Because that, like, you could have died in a metal mangled crash. Because you were on an out of control wheel children's wheelchair. Oh yeah, she's 24. And there's a so I'm gonna jump around a bit and if you like Alex, focus, no, go see this movie. Like if you have the opportunity to go see this movie, go see this movie. When if you don't, when it comes out, rent or buy this movie, preferably buy it. Let's keep let's keep this fucking train rolling. Let's like get a whole genre of just anime about disabled people. Eventually we'll get to like the real weird shit of like anime about a disabled teenage boy and then it's gonna be like real ugly real fucking quick because to the uh to the tiktoker there's a guy on tiktok (laughs) is a albino black guy which means that he looks white but he's he's just a black dude just literally palette floppy the comedian and he's does this bit about, like, women never being unbangable. Like, there's this, this whole website <laughs> devoted to just the weirdest taste in women. And what that means is it's pretty easy to tell a story about a disabled woman or a disabled girl. If you think about the two major anime movies about people with disabilities, Shoko from A Silent Voice, girl, Josie from this movie, girl. And the reason for that is because, you know, uh, it's more acceptable to feel sympathy for, and this I, I know this for firsthand, for a disabled woman who is very strange because of her disability that is for a disabled boy or man. Like, you, you don't really feel sympathy for um, Will Smith in iRobot. He's an amputee, and, like, he's... He, you feel there's a sadness there, but it's not sympathy. It feels more like pity, and it feels... And speaking as a disabled man, the kinds of fucked up questions I've gotten in terms of like how do you how are how do you get to be with women or with anyone for that matter is fucking wild. People think they have the right and permission to question it. And they think they're being cute, they think they're being innocent and honest, but they're just kind of being assholes. And I, I know for a fact that if I was a faithful woman, those questions would not be asked. They might be, be asked between me and my partner. Like, we might have to have some conversations about how things are going to go, but... It's not just an out there open like, oh, so how do you, how do you know you fool around? This is a real question I got, by the way. How do you fool around with a girl? And like, I, I had to like drop my phone for a second and it was, I, I was like, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't do, I can't do this now. I think I need to not know you anymore, girl. Because I, I know you're trying to be flirty and you're trying to, like, gauge things here. And luckily, she ended up being a fucking crazy piece of work. Um, dated a friend of mine for a while. Took his life completely off track and fucked him up. Um, but, like... I just... People... People can be uniquely cruel 
in a way to either gender. Like, people, people can be really chauvinistic and sexist and creepy as fuck to women. But, like, you, you give some women an opportunity, like, an opening to be an asshole to a man... And they, oh my god, not only do they take it, but they take it in a way that they know that if it, if, that they will be in the right, if they are retaliated on. So, um, and, and that includes, like, you know, uh, that means that they could feel the right to ask questions of a disabled man that are just inappropriate, just immediately inappropriate and terrible. But the thing about Josie and the tight and the tigerfish is that this movie does what a silent voice could not that it couldn't do, but that it would have been a different kind of movie if it did. Cause um in a silent voice, the main character, I forget his name, the um kid who led the bullying campaign against Shoko, is basically shamed into oblivion until he's a teenager. Rightfully so, because he was a real shitbag to her. And, as, like, as, but he was also just old enough to know that once he, when he crossed the line, like, he did something unforgivably bad <laughs> in a way that was, like, just allowed because he was a kid and as soon as Shoko's mom God bless her punk rock heart was like no you're a piece of shit and I'm here to tell you you're a piece of shit because my disabled kid is crying now and now we have to go back to the doctor and get her new $500 set hearing aid you piece of shit I don't care that you're 8 go fucking die and he lived in that for years and became a better person about it and became a better person for it and, you know, got in a relationship with Shoko because he really understood the magnitude of the unfairness of the world for her and let that also fall away so he could see her. And they became important enough to each other where the deafness was a thing. He wasn't just willing, but eager to learn to live with alongside her. That movie is about understanding. And that is so admirable and so beautiful. Josie and the Tigerfish is about acceptance. And this is a really important, and I've talked to, actually, I've talked to Lauren about this, and I'm gonna, not about this movie, but about this concept I'm about to take you through. And um, she looked at me like, I never thought about it like that, but it that makes so much sense. Something that is true about disabled people, and it has to do with the question of, like, well, why is your arm like that? Or, like, why are you in a wheelchair? Or, you know, why can't you see? Or any of those, like, dumb teenage questions disabled people get constantly, in, like, on into adulthood, and if that's okay, is people are looking for understanding because if they understand they feel like they'll be able to accept. But understanding has nothing to do with acceptance. Understanding is like a clutch response to trying to see if there's a fixable problem there. But, at the, but the thing with many people who are disabled is, like, is that there is no fixable problem. There is no fixable problem. There is your existence the way you are, with all of its limits and excesses. For example, I can pick most things up. I can just 
if I tried hard enough, I could probably Vin Diesel style jack a car. Just like lift it. But I am not gonna like free climb up the side of. I'm not going to very easily free climb up the side of the mountain. When I was in gym class, they used to make us do a physical, and like me and a fully able-bodied girl who was just taller, who was just a bigger human than everyone else, like tall, wide. She was like fucking six feet by the time most of us were like in fourth grade, and she couldn't pick up her own weight. I couldn't either, but I couldn't because I was doing it with one fucking hand. So we would both like walk up to the pole bar and just fucking hang there and be like, nope, nothing, nothing here. Mm-mm. Not gonna happen. We all know it's not gonna happen. Please make us stop doing this. This is embarrassing and mortifying and fuck you, public school system. Um, and if you are disabled for all or most of your life, there's, you live in a rea- you live in a very real space of understanding your limits and understanding your abilities in a way that others don't, that others don't understand about themselves. And you know you can do everything, but you also know you, there are conditions on everything, constantly. And it, a silent voice highlights that to a certain extent, but it, it and probably because Shoko's just a less, a more, a, I don't mean this in a mean way to Josie. She's a kinder, kind of disabled person than Josie is. There's a part fairly late in this movie where Josie just says the quiet part loud. She looks at, um, I forget her name, I gotta look this up. She looks at, um, the character who she calls caretaker, and she just says, you're an able, you're a fully able-bodied person, you wouldn't understand. And what, and rolls the fuck off, because she's in a motorized wheelchair at that point. But... This movie is also about all the little, like, the invisibility thing I described. There's a scene in this movie where Josie goes on, like, not, probably not on a train the first time, but, like, a train the first time where, like, she's not with someone who knows, she's with the character, um, she's with the, uh, she's with the main character, the caretaker guy. And she, it's her first time in a subway, in a metro station, without adult supervision and without an adult there to literally help her through the ticket buying process. And no one sees her. She is invisible. And then they do something to like, they do the thing where they say the quiet part fucking loud. And she can't figure out how to buy tickets. So she goes to ask her new friend, her caretaker. Like, please help me buy a ticket. Turns around in her chair, starts to roll, starts to roll on over, and somebody smacks right into her. Looks at her, realizes what they're seeing, and then just dismisses it and walks off. Doesn't apologize. Doesn't really acknowledge her. Just walks the fuck off. And the main character just like, you just, you just. What is wrong with you? And then, again, this time it's an office worker. And he takes it a step farther. He goes, excuse you? Are you going to apologize? And he, and like, our intrepid main character, which at this point, functioning on pure logic of like, what is happening? What is this new world of fucking terrible people? that I've never seen before. Hey. And also, this is really his, like, this is a key moment in the movie because he is realizing for the first time that 
the world's different for Josie because Josie is disabled in in a way that is not just she instead of walking around her house she slides around like a seal which is adorable and amazing but he's like what this just happens to people this just happens to people who are permanently stuck in wheelchairs this is fucked and then to like drive the point home of like this is a societal problem that same lawyer like once he gets out of the like huff he's in like huffs off and immediately smacks into an old lady and the old lady reads him the goddamn riot act because and this is a truth of that disabled people share with the elderly in that el- elderly people, like, meaning probably, like, from your, especially elderly women, from your 60s, elderly white women, extremely specifically, from your 60s on up, nobody fucking sees you. Nobody cares about your existence. Old men, if we dress well enough, you know, we'll get there. But especially old women, usually nobody gives a shit. Nobody sees you. Um, and... the whole movie becomes this, like, education for the main character about the reality of being disabled in a way that he never... that no one can really ever understand until they spend time with somebody who... until they spend real appreciable time with somebody who's disabled. You know, nobody... Nobody can really understand that people look past you, that people avoid you, that people don't give you good service because you are in a class of people who are just ignored. Because you are in a class of people who, unless, and this is amazing, unless you live in the United States, are not guaranteed, like, access to things, are not guaranteed. I mean, there, there is some kind of law verbiage about, you know, including disability access and things, but I was just in Boston. Many, 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 many buildings in Boston are not, are not, do not have disability access because the stuff is just too old. Does that mean that a person who's permanently wheelchair-bound doesn't deserve to go around the nation's first capital and feel included? No. It means that the government has not seen fit to make that entirely possible. And that's really fucked up. And one of the, you know, George W. Bush might be a piece of shit. He might be a real dildo. He's not a piece of shit. We just got out of the piece of shit era that made... George W. Bush seemed like a good person who made some oopsies along the way. But, like, George W. Bush might be a dildo. But George H. W. Bush? He passed the ADA, the Americans with Disability Act. On some level, the guy's earned his goddamn keep by just about every disabled person in this fucking country, in, the, in America. Much less probably the world. Because he made a law that said, no, you can't just build this building and expect that, like, someone will hike a wheelchair up these three steps. You need to build a ramp too, asshole. These people deserve not just... These people deserve to be included in a meaningful way. And this whole... This whole movie... So... I didn't really think about this until I saw... Josie and the Tigerfish. But I thought about this... But... Thinking about a silent voice in... Context of now this movie also existing in the world. Is... Or the anime version. is a... Live action version from the year 2000. Which I'm assuming is... It's like Diamond in the Rough because A, it's a live-action Japanese language film, and B, it came out in the year 2000. 
in, 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 the, in the year 2020, rather. Um, but this, this movie is not about like forming a friend group and finding acceptance among a whole friend group, really. This movie is about taking one person through the reality of disability in a way that isn't often thought about. You know, um, a couple years back, my mom broke her arm, so I had to like stay with her and all this stuff. And once her arm had fully healed, before she went to um, physical therapy, and bear in mind, this is my mother, this is the person who raised me. She like looked at me one day and she's like, I had no idea how fucking hard everything is. I'm like, yeah, it is. <laughs> like, it super is. And my, and, like, bear in mind, my arm did not hurt every time it moved, but, like, that's really the only, other, that's really the only exception here. <laughs> everything sucks. Everything is made for people with two hands. Everything is, you know, made for fully able-bodied people because that's the majority of people in the world. That's why... That's why... There are so many people who just advise on how do you make this building compliant for a blind person? How do you make this building compliant for a person in a wheelchair? Like, really? How, how do you make it so a person in a wheelchair can reserve a room on the sixth floor of a hotel. You know, it, it may be in your brain, like, oh, it's nice. Hotels have elevators because they're fancy. No, hotels have elevators that are that size because a wheelchair can fit in them and turn around with at least another person in it to push that wheelchair. And there... There are so many moments like that out in the world that people don't that people don't perceive because they live in a world where they are the able bodied majority. And there's a term there's a term for that and it's called ableism. And ableism is a insane serious problem of like just you know What's a, what's a kid with one hand gonna do with a ton of toys that are just made for people with two hands? What does that kid want to get into Beyblades? You better believe he fucking can't right now. Because that's made for a kid with two hands. Oh well, sorry weird nerd. Hope you like Bakugan. And if it sounds facetious and unimportant, but when you think that, then stop and think, what if you were locked out of a whole section of life constantly? And, like, that changed constantly. Like, uh, for example, a great example. Remember that whole time when the Nintendo Wii came out? Couldn't play any of that shit. Cause you need two hands for everything. I was so excited when they announced the Nintendo Switch and that you would be able to like convert it into something with a controller. I can't tell you. I grew up with the Nintendo 64. I grew up with my surrogate older brother Jeremy playing Duck Cunt on a Super Nintendo. And to have that company just ping-pong back and forth between something I can work with and something that is the least, access- the least han- handicapped accessible thing you could imagine, it's so heartbreaking. And 
it also makes you feel so incredibly alone. Because it, it's a confirmation of, this world is not for me. Why am I even here? And that takes us to the first big interaction with... between Josie and her eventual caretaker. Josie goes missing. And he's just like, where the fuck is she? He finds her, trying to roll her ass onto the train track and kill herself. And that's the That, like, made me cry. And that was pretty early in the movie, too. Because I under... I can understand that. I can understand... The world being so... Built for someone, not you. That what's the point in... Like... In having to carve your place... In every single moment. One of the... One of the weird revelations I had when I was a kid is that I wanted to do all that I could do because what that meant is is that the next kid who grew up in the same in some version of the same tragedy I had as a kid because like I said those things are tragedies. Like, the things that cause people to be disabled in childhood are tragedies. No ifs, ands, or or buts about it. If I could guarantee that it was even a little bit easier for some kid coming up behind me... And, but mind you, this... Like, I made this decision when I was, like, eight. Then I was... Then I was doing okay. And I, I like to think that I have done that. I have gone into the world's biggest ad agencies and scared the fucking shit out of everybody who works there because they look at me like, oh, fuck, maybe I'm not good enough. Because who the hell knows how good this guy is? He doesn't even have both arms. Jesus. And if I, and if I can walk in in, you know, Parisian-made dress shirts, Amazing clothes, stunning shoes, and shock the shit out of people like that. Then the next, the next, then the bar is just a little lower, just a little closer to normal, just a little closer to where it should be. Not even normal, where it should be for the next person. And it will be even better for the person after that. And there's so much stuff about this movie that is just stu- that's just stunning to, to to watch and to be in a theater with people who you know are watching this movie and you know that like Josie's obsession with the ocean is not a unique thing to this movie. Disabled people love the ocean. Disabled people love to be in water because it is weightlessness and that it's the closest thing we have to real freedom of movement and real a real escape from the true weight of our bodies. And if, if, if you're like, what do you mean the true weight of your bodies? If, like, uh, overweight people feel heavy. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about Walking around with limbs that don't work. Walk, rolling around attached to a steel chair with a motor and brakes. Or, in Josie's case, maybe maybe she should have in some snow brakes. <laughs> and to be in water and to be able... But to feel even the slightest movement have an effect of like absolute movement and to like float weightless 
it's uh, it, uh, as a disabled person is wild for me. Is beyond like it's a kind of freedom that I don't get to experience. That disabled people don't get to experience. And seeing that that was so prevalent, the ocean was such a draw for her, I watched that and I was like, that, it, it, that makes sense. Fuck. Okay. We're watching a, re- we're watching a real deal. And then the, the last third of the movie where, um, the, where her caretaker, the main character, who at the point I'm just going to call the caretaker, caretaker, um, gets hit by a car because they've fallen in love and he's trying to save her from uh, when her wheelchair jams in the middle of the road and she's gone off in a huff. He gets hit by a car. He is wheelchair bound because he gets fractures all of his body because he skips like a rock across the road. And he's, and this girl who clearly infatuated with him, the side character girl who's clearly infatuated with him for the entire movie, A, confesses to him at just the worst possible time. And she's like, I know I'm not going to win. I know I'm just pitching out into the wild. But if I even have a chance, I have to take it. I'm a good woman, blah, 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 blah. But he says, he says, I'm not strong enough to be like this. I had no idea what it is to be like this. Josie is right. She was right. I can't, I, I can't understand because I don't have the strength for this. And then I started this off by saying, like, I've become this font of knowledge for people who break their arms because... Everybody needs to know how to do at least one interesting thing with only one hand. Usually, once again, putting on deodorant. Um, I can't stress that enough. Putting on deodorant with one hand. It takes so much strength to wake up and to willingly get up, get dressed, even if you put on my fucking brace in the morning and go out into, into a world that I know for a fact. It, it, it's not even that it's hostile towards disabled people. It's that it, it barely perceives us as being important at all. Yes, as a person of color, I have a whole different relationship with the world also, especially as a mixed person of color. That's its own wild fucking thing. But as a disabled person, the world, it doesn't even give a shit enough about you to be hostile towards you. Hostility is about fear. Inconsideration is about, isn't about ignorance. It's about unfeeling, uncaring, non-perception. And that can be, that can be beyond exhausting. It can be incredibly draining. And it can take more strength than most people ever ever have in their lives. Like, the the girl, the soul surfer girl, the um, surfer Alex, who got her arm bit off when she was like 15, is incredible. The, the guy who was called Blade Runner, who like woke up and shot his girlfriend because he thought there was an intruder. Uh, think about how much you knew about him before he was... I think he's dead now. But I, or, or he's in prison Before, what, when he was in the news he was considered to be so incredible and there's a reason for that it's because to do what he did at the level he did it is unheard of for normal human but he did it without two legs 
That's wild. And I tweeted out so what this morning after I processed it more and after I'd gotten home and slept, I put out into the world I put out a picture of the credits into the into the world and I said like if you have if you are disabled or you like know a disabled person or have a disabled person in your life, you have to go see this movie. And the reason why I put that out there is because It is not about under. It is not about understanding. It is about acceptance, because understand seeking to understand people is great. But so many times people try to understand things they haven't accepted yet, and that not only feels disingenuous, but it is. By not accepting by not accepting someone before you attempt to understand them, it it can feel to those people as if you are aren't accepting their existence. And this movie starts with acceptance and then ends with understanding in a way that the main character was like I couldn't understand why I couldn't under why I couldn't understand any of what Josie was going through. So I just accepted it. But now I know why. I know why she is so stubborn. She is so headstrong. She is so the way she is. It and it's because she has lived her life as a disabled person. It, it, it. So I'm going to end with a weird personal part here. We're closed in on an hour. But oftentimes people have said, people have asked me in panels actually, like if there was an option for Cyberbot to like get a Cyberbot, swap your shitty shell out for a new shell that worked perfectly. Would you? And I get through saying like my immediate answer is absolutely, you know, after first 500 people because, you know, 500,000 people because they'd have it down and, you know, it goes to the shell. There's an epidemic in the beginning of cyberization where people's brains turn to rocks and that's not great. That's not a thing I want to have happen to me. But, um, my gut, my, my initial, like, gut response is, yes, absolutely, give me a body that works. But my other response is, maybe not, because I am who I am, and I've lived, I've lived with my disability my entire life, and that's given me a kind of strength, and a kind of independence and a kind of confidence that if I didn't have, I wouldn't, I quite frankly, would not be here. And those things, in the quantity that I have them, are pretty rare among people. I am immensely, immensely self-confident. Now, do I have my doubts? Do I have my, like, anxieties about talking to new people, blah, blah, blah? Absolutely. Probably more than most. But I'm also not someone who does things because other people do them. I'm not someone who thinks I'm not worth what I get. I'm generally someone who thinks I'm worth more. (laughs) But In that way, for someone to try and understand my disability and my point of view without accepting that my point of view exists first, 
or could exist first in a way that's completely different than theirs, it's like, you don't... You're doing this backwards, guys. You're doing this backwards, bud. Like, you... Acceptance comes first. And then once we know each other, we understand each other. Stunning, I know. And also, this thing did did this thing of, like, no, they're... They're definitely in fucking love. Fuck this nonsense. It's not a friendship. It's not like... So... Probably a common... Annoyance... With... A silent voice. It's like... They're very clearly in love. But they're never an on... I don't believe there's ever an on-screen kiss in that movie. And... That shouldn't be important. Except, you know... And I did a... um, Sunday edition recently about the Hunchback of Notre Dame and the Hunchback of Notre Dame 2 Apology Boogaloo but and this is where I'll end it disabled people are locked out of so much about life that it can feel like there's things that aren't for us Chiefly, chief among them, normal relationships. It's part of the reason why many disabled people, myself included, treat our relationship with such seriousness. It's because we treasure them because there are so many people, there are people out there who are afraid to touch you because they'll catch whatever you have. In the course of humanity, Disabled people were considered in East Asia to be like demons. Oftentimes, you know, what people sought were Greek gods or Japanese oni or anything. Were people who survived a few a few moments long enough to be alive with horns that sprung from their heads because of tumors. And so to have this movie end with a kiss between the two main characters was like, disabled people get this too. This is normal now. Like, disabled people get on-screen kisses, disabled people get romances, and everything in between. And it's just... It was great to see this movie... It was great to see this movie in a crowd. It was great to like look over and see like a girl with a rainbow wallet chain and be like, oh, you you sat through this too. I know all this shit. <laughs> I live it. This movie is is like made to honor my life, but it's for you. It this movie isn't for me. It's something I will appreciate. I will, you know, uh, friggin' shove down the throat of anybody who asks. But it is for fully able-bodied people. And it is, I would not be a bit surprised to, to know that it was, like, seriously and amazingly considered in a way that is unending. Especially since it has... Um, a live-action counterpart that was released, I believe, in 2020. But it's just... And also the manga. I don't remember. I don't remember or didn't see where the manga was um, written. When the manga was written. But it is... It is everything that between... So... Between Silent Voice and now Josie and, and the Tiger Fish, it kind of had everything that you that an able that a fully able-bodied person would need to see, actually see, to really start to understand what it means to be disabled in the world. And on that note. If you like the podcast, I went a little over. 
Um, but if you like the podcast and you want to hear more, you can subscribe in whatever app you are listening to me in right now. New episodes come out every Thursday and Sunday. Sundays are more metatextual shows. The best example of that right now is my interview with Cosplay Fiend from a bunch of weeks back at this point. Go listen to that if you want, like, maybe a really good representation of what I want the Sunday shows to be, but they're more metatextual and more fandom-based. Um, the Thursday shows, the Thursday flash, the Thursday show that come out on Thursday nights are more like this. They are my thoughts on a particular show or movie. And on that note, my name has been Alex. You've been listening to Lunchbox Radio, and we'll talk to you on Sunday.